This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Que Golazo. It's our weekend preview. We have Jimmy Conrad with betting tips and analysis and James Bench, of course, with all the latest, especially as coronavirus continues to impact the English game. Que Golazo begins right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Que Golazo, our weekend preview uh, with uh, Jimmy Conrad. Jimmy, how are you, bud? I'm good. I'm doing a lot of researching while you're talking. So I apologize to everybody watching on camera. I wasn't looking at the camera. <laughs> Listen, your research it will forever be more important, even though we, we love your beautiful That's not, face. That's true. I appreciate that. I appreciate <laughs> and of course, we welcome once again. Every time I have him, I feel like I haven't seen him in so long. So it's always great to see him. James Bench, how are you, bud? I'm good. I'm glad to be back. I keep getting bumped down the rotation. I'm like... Um, I was going to say Julius Randle, but Julius Randle's playing really well. He's a bad Nick. There are no bad Nicks. There are no bad Nicks, James Bench. See, Jimmy Conrad is in trouble because with Jonathan Johnson, me and uh, him just talk Villa, and me and James Bench are undying love for the New York Knicks. You just can't go wrong. I love it. I've never seen the Knicks. Have a, I, have, I can't remember a Knicks winning season. I think I was like five. Yeah, it was the 90s. And, uh, <laughs> it's been yeah, John Starks was running point for you guys. My favorite player for the yeah. Knicks ever. I love it. But enough of the Knicks. Uh, we will come back to that. By the way, James Bench, you are in our weekend preview, our most important, some may say, episode of the week. So here we are. Let's break it all down. We have to begin, obviously, uh, with the issue, the ongoing issue, of course, of coronavirus and how it's been continuing to impact uh, the game, specifically as we look ahead uh, to the FA Cup this weekend. James Bench on CBS Sports website has written for us a comprehensive look at just the latest, uh, including uh, my Aston Villa, who is now currently staff team players and Aston Villa women's team. Also, their game has been cancelled against Arsenal due to a spread uh, within Baltimore Heath. Talk to us about it as much as so much more, uh, James Bench. What is the latest? Yeah, so as we record this, which is uh, 11 a.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. in the UK on Thursday, we already have one FA Cup tie postponed. That's Southampton's game against Shrewsbury Town, um, which is a real shame. That was going to be a cracking game. Um, for me, I grew up watching Shrewsbury Town. I was there when they beat Everton in the third round back in 2003, but that's by the by. Um, Shrewsbury did not have enough players to field a squad. You are required to, if you can have 14 players in your squad, you're expected to play the game. Um, Shrewsbury Town said they didn't have that. Um, as Luis mentioned, Villa's game really in doubt. That's due to take place in just over 24 hours. That's in doubt as we record it because they've had to cancel training at Bonnymore Heath. Um, and as you say, the, the Villa women's game is off, although I think that's also to do with Arsenal women. Um, they've got COVID cases within their, their own ranks. Derby County, they're going to have to field a, an under 23 and under 18 team because their whole first team squad is on lockdown. Um, and then, I mean, there, there could well be more. Um, I know Morecambe, who are due to play Chelsea. Wait, wait. So I'm just coming into this this rule. So 14, you have to have at least 14 players. 
to, to so so can Newcastle just say that, that they don't have 14 good enough players to actually field a good enough team to compete because <laughs> they're struggling right now and I don't think they're gonna do well against Arsenal uh this weekend maybe they should maybe they should <laughs> um, but then there becomes the real problem which is in Newcastle did that much as Southampton are gonna have to do that there is no space there is no space between now and the fourth round for these games to take place um every Premier League team is playing midweek I know this because I've been looking at every single night I'll be working over the next few weeks. Um, so up till January the 23rd, there's no gap in the fixture list. Initial impressions, and people are still working this out. The initial impressions is that Shrewsbury Southampton will take place during the fourth round. We'll play third round ties. I mean, this is such a shame. I don't want to belabor this point, but this is, you know, Luis will know this having lived in England, but I'm sure everyone around the world knows this is the highlight of the English football calendar for many. You know, this is the moment where we have upsets. We have, huge games we have you know Premier League teams playing each other is always great as well um, and I'd be surprised if it's 31 games that we get I think that number's going to go down and um, it's really tough and the fixture list is creaking hugely it's a big yeah. problem yeah, big problem. And also, you know, uh, with so many teams as well playing catch up, including, of course, Villa, who still have two games to catch up to in the league. And now with this postponement, it, it's a big problem. Uh, so with all that, we have to take into consideration a big caveat as Jimmy Conrad just gives us his uh, info, his lowdown, his easy money uh, betting tips on what's ahead in the weekend. I mean, Newcastle will play no matter what at this point, Jimmy. So just deal uh, with it, okay? I know, I know, I know. Well, if we're talking about upsets, or as we like to call it over here, cup sets, <laughs> uh, Marine is plus 5,000 to beat Spurs in the FA Cup. That game does end up happening. I don't know if you want to throw like $10 on that. Maybe you never know. I mean, yeah, Jose Mourinho is pretty good at one-off competitions. Maybe stay away from that one. I like Newport though, actually plus 575 to beat Brighton straight up Stockport plus 750 to beat West Ham. There's just something about David Moyes. I just don't see him doing well. You know, I could see Stockport pulling it off. Um, so those are the, the three that really stood out to me. Uh, Bournemouth actually plus 600 to beat Millwall. That's not, that's not bad value as well. Mm -hmm. But when we get into the bigger ones, you know, I don't know if Villa Liverpool is going to happen. That's an interesting game. Just given that Villa slapped around Liverpool earlier, seven to two when Virgil van Dijk was still healthy, which makes it even more impressive. But I just feel like with that game overall, really quick, Liverpool have been dealing with adversity for a few months. Villa needs to rest some players, even though I think Ollie Watkins will start for Villa. I just think that Liverpool's just like, yeah, whatever. This is a normal week for us. You know, we got to have a mixed up lineup and we're going to still have success. No problem. I like Minamino maybe to score any time in that one. I think uh, I like Liverpool to win. Sorry, guys, or the Villa fans here. Uh, plus 230, both teams to score, I think. Now, Arsenal, Newcastle. Listen, I looked at this one. I don't know. You know, Arsenal are two different teams, or these two teams are going in different directions. Arsenal have won three on the trot. Newcastle are winless in their last six. Um, you know, so Arsenal have the confidence and Newcastle have had the confidence smashed out of them. Kind of like Steve Bruce's, Steve Bruce's nose, you know, just like, <laughs> are there any bones there? It just looks like mush. I don't know. That's a bad, bad joke. And I botched it to begin with, but I really liked that one. I was thinking about it a lot. Uh, they, uh, Newcastle played Man City, Liverpool and Leicester in the last three matches. It hasn't been good. I know they got the draw against Liverpool, but they had 25% possession, so that's always fun to watch. Uh, Gabriel and Thomas Partey should be coming back into the team. Uh, Lascelles, uh, St. Maximin might be coming back in for Newcastle. I think that will help. I think this one will be tight. I think they're going to make Arsenal earn it, but they're going to sit back in their 5-4-1, try to hope they hit them on the counter. I could see a 1-0 maybe to, to Arsenal here. Um, I like the draw first half. Arsenal win second half plus 350. That's my kind of thing there. Man United-Watford. 
that should be a good one. Obviously, United, we could get into this, guys. But, you know, obviously, we want to redeem themselves, giving up two set-piece goals to City um, to lose another semifinal, their fourth consecutive loss in a semifinal. I think they're going to be up for it. I think Mason Greenwood's going to start. I like him to score. United to win 1-0, 2-0, 2-1, or 3-1, plus 550. But you got to keep an eye on Troy Deeney for Watford. He always likes to show up against the big teams. Him scoring anytime is plus 240. So those are kind of my FA Cup uh, odds that I'm really looking at at the moment. We can get into the other European leagues later. I love it. Uh, let's stay with Arsenal, Newcastle, James Bench. I'm intrigued to see how Mikel Arteta lines up. This one, obviously, three wins on the trot. Uh, it's a cup uh, situation, but I'm sure, uh, as we all know from Arteta's philosophy, he's always thinking about no matter who it is, what, they, uh, what tournament it is, he's going to go all out. How do you see this one? It's at the Emirates, right? So h- how do you see this one? I mean, I would be pretty confident that Arsenal will name quite a strong team. Um, they're players that they need to bring back in. Partey, maybe, probably off the bench. It'll probably feature in some capacity. Um, and also, I mean, Arsenal are not, as much as the season is swinging back in the right direction, Arsenal are not a million miles away from where they were at the end of last season, where it was the FA Cup or bust. You know, that you need to take this competition seriously because it might end up being your only route back into Europe. And as we've just seen today, they really need the money. And um, they've just taken out a £120 million loan from the uh, Bank of England. So <laughs> this is this is an important competition for them. It's an important competition for Arteta. It's where he's kind of where he won the you know won the trust of the supporters. Um, so yeah, I would I'd expect him to go strong. Um, you know, and, and rotate out more the younger players than the senior ones. So you might see someone like a Bamiyan come in uh, or, or start and try and get his goals. Keep Lacazette in form. You know, Mesut Özil can actually play this game as well. Really. He's in theory, he can play. He's not playing. He could. He wants wants to stay healthy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He's got, you know, he's got moves to prepare, but he's got got boxes to pack. I'm sure. Um, He's got people for that, James. He's got people for that. Oh, he has. I don't know. I mean, just to jump in, Arsenal have won 14 out of their last 15 against Newcastle. They've got four consecutive clean sheets against Newcastle at home with the Emirates. Uh, as James mentioned, and as everybody knows, they win this competition for fun, the Gunners do. And, and because this is really their last chance to really, as, as James said, that uh, they have to win this to really be relevant and get back into Europe. It's a must-win game in a lot of different ways. Newcastle, it's just hard. I don't know how much time we have for this podcast. Looking at my make-believe watch here, but uh, they're bad. And I just feel like Arsenal are going to win this one, no doubt. Can I drop in a, a stat that I, I found this myself, so I really want to share it with as many people as possible. I've been going down to dinner and telling my partner as well. She's like, I don't care. Um, Hector Bellerin, he's now in his seventh season as an Arsenal first-team player. He has not lost an FA Cup match. He has wow. won every single FA Cup match he has played and won the tournament three wow. times. The jinx, uh, the jinx is real here. <laughs> yeah. uh, I got some guys at Opta to help me out as well. It's, I think it's the longest, um, it's definitely the longest active winning streak in the competition. Um, obviously, he, he's injured quite often, so he's only played 11 games. But well, I was uh, going to say, I was going to say. <laughs> I think that is... Uh, a remarkable achievement. And, yeah, uh, so if Bayerin yeah. starts, then we're good to go for Arsenal. Then. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, also, if everybody wants to look into like a specific player, I think Martinelli will have a big game. Uh, I, it's hard with these FA Cup matches. You don't know which uh, team or players that the managers are going to start. They have a lot of options. Want to play some younger guys and find that nice balance. But Martinelli, score any time, plus 120. To get an assist, plus 450. I think he's going to be in and around the ball if he, if he starts and plays. Obviously, he's uh, he can be very pivotal for Arsenal, so uh, keep an eye out on him. 
Well, I'll tell you one player I really want to see uh, once again, and that's uh, Croydon's Kevin De Bruyne, uh, Emil Smith-Rowe. I think he's fantastic, and I think this is a great opportunity for him once again to show why he deserves to be a starter. Uh, he's just great. He's just such a good player. And, and, and this is, again, another opportunity against a team, sad to say, that's uh, struggling to find any kind of form. So should be a good one. All right, let's move. Manchester united Watford very quickly. What, united... Uh, James Bench looked tired against City, I thought. Uh, their legs are, are heavy, a toll taken on them from the recent success that they've been having. Uh, obviously, Watford, uh, you know, relegated to the championship. They have a new manager uh, in, in, in Cisco, not to be confused with Cisco. Um, <laughs> thong to thong, thong, who came from uh, Dinamo Tbilisi. So, you know, the style's a little different, but United did look tired. How, how do you see them? I mean, hugely rotational squad, I imagine, for this one. No? Or, again, another chance for Solskjaer to Bruno. do something well. He'll still play Bruno Fernandes, won't he? Because he's... Which is weird. It's, it's like an obsession with him. Um, what I found so odd about the way United looked so tired was it was it, it felt like they were pressing in the first half against City like this was the opening game of the season, like or like this was a normal season. You know, they were hair. And for a while, I thought, this is great. This is such a good tactic. And then I remembered, oh, wait, the games last 90 minutes and they're going to get tired at some stage. Right. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure they will rotate. I was I was really surprised that Eric Bailly dropped out. I know Same he's here. having issues, yeah. but he's the, he's the ideal partner for a Maguire because he has the pace for when Maguire makes mistakes. Um, <laughs> no, Cavani as well, I guess, is a big miss. Um, because he's who you want to bring in. Uh, uh, you would hope maybe this is a competition where Mason Greenwood kicks on a bit. I still think this guy is absolutely fantastic, as, as exciting a young English player as there is, because I don't I don't remember many players who can strike the ball as well as he can with both feet. Yeah. But whatever it is, whether it's confidence, whether it's tactics, I know he, he does kind of keep varying between a central role and wide on the right. He's just not, he's not in form. He's not feeling it at the moment. I hope he can get some game time and get some goals and, and get back in, in the England frame. Well, it's ever since his little uh, problem, his little trouble that he got into. Uh, I feel like that's when the, uh, the confidence has dipped, which is interesting, right? Um, well, yeah. I mean, I, and, and as it should, because people doing that stuff right now, they shouldn't really be playing for another three weeks anyway. Right, right. So, Jimmy, uh, we talked about it a little bit from your lines. United, Watford, uh, did they look tired to you? I mean, should they rotate a lot? Should they find? Do they have a Bruno Fernandez twin? Is that why he's playing all the time? They need I, I, to rest him, surely. Well, yeah, they have to rest him, in my opinion. They got Burnley on the weekend. I think that they, uh, or excuse me, next Wednesday. So they are now kind of in the hunt for the Premier League. I think we've discussed that. They're right there. Big opportunity for them. I think they need to give him some rest at some point. They have Mata can come off the bench. You got Van, Van de Beek. I mean, they bought him from Ajax for a reason. You might as well play him in a cup competition. At some point as a manager, I think you have to take a risk with some of resting some of your players. I think every manager is looking at this. Liverpool, Aston Villa, everybody's looking at like, okay, who can I sit and still hopefully have success? Now we saw him do that in the Champions League of Istanbul Bashakcha here and tried to put out some crazy, you know, lineup and ended up losing in Turkey. I still cannot forgive him for giving up a, a breakaway to Demba, 35-year-old Demba Ba from midfield. This is just so unacceptable on so many different levels. I'm still bitter about it. Like, how, how is your team shaped that bad? Anyway, so I, I wonder at who he's going to put out there, but they do have some depth. I think Telus will come in at left back for Luke Shaw. Uh, Twanzebi will probably come in a, as well for Maguire. 
McTominay, maybe Modic will come in. I think they have enough. And, and that's what I actually like about United this season is that they do have options off the bench, that they are not just an 11 or 12 deep. They actually have, you know, good solid 18, maybe 18 to 20 that you can rely on. Now you have to rely on them. At some point you have to take that risk. So I like Mason Greenwood to actually show up and be accounted for. Like I said before, I think I like him to score. Um, Watford aren't very good away from home, only three wins out of 13. But of those 13 games, they've only given up more than one goal three times. So they are pretty stout defensively. And obviously when you got Troy Deeney, when he's pissed off and ready to play, I mean, he can, he can definitely hurt you. So I like him to score anytime plus 240. I like both teams to score United to win. Uh, but I really think now the focus, they're going to hope to get through this one. And then the focus is going to be turned to the Premier League. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is the key, uh, you know, moment for all these teams to make sure, uh, you know, as James said earlier, you know, it's an exciting time, you know, with all these lower division uh, teams to try and do something, but it's also an opportunity for, uh, you know, Premier League teams to really take care of themselves, especially in a COVID year. Uh, before we move on and take a break and talk about the rest of Europe, very quick, uh, Halla, Sebastian Halla going to Ajax from West Ham. I'm very intrigued by that. Like, why? Yeah, I'm not. And then I'm reading Snodgrass maybe as well going to West Brom, like, you know, cleaning house a little bit from a West Ham perspective, what the Haller move really intrigues me. Uh, let's begin with you, James Bench. You wrote about it on the, on the mm. website. What, what, what do you make of it? Uh, I, I think it makes sense from Ajax's perspective. Oh, definitely Eric, for Ajax, Eric, yeah. Yeah, Eric Ten Hag worked with him at Utrecht and got a lot out of him, a lot of goals. It's Eredivisie, so they all count for like half. But from West Ham's perspective, I think they probably just look at this and they go, actually, we're committed to David Moyes now for the long term whether you agree or not, he's their manager for the next few years. And Moyes isn't going to play Halle a lot, so he's not going to go up in value. Best to get what you can for him now. And I mean, I'm, I reported it's about $30 million, which is half what they paid. Um, it's, you know, it's not great, but it's also, it's a fair chunk to go and buy. The two names I've heard are Josh King um, at Bournemouth. He's out of contract uh, at the end of the season. And Adam Hlosek, at uh, Sparta Prague, who shares an agent with Thomas Suchek, my favourite player in the Premier League. And uh, it's another Czech player. You know, they've had loads of joy with Czech players. So um, it sort of makes sense for West Ham. Uh, it's a real shame. I think we saw a lot of snatches of a great player in Allaire, but I don't think it, it, he was quite right for Moyes' system. Yeah, it just worries me a little bit because Mihail Antonio, Jimmy, you know, is not always fit and, you know, they have to. But I guess uh, if the money's there and you can get somebody like Josh King to just, uh, you know, get it for cheaper, I guess it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you have to look at the situation. You have to look at the the temperament, let's say, of Sebastian Allaire. I, I think uh, he's 26. If he's not going to play regularly, he's just he's got to find a place where he can. Ajax, obviously, still very good team, still competing at the highest levels. Unfortunately, they're... Uh, they're going to the Europa League, but but uh, this particular season. But he's going to get more opportunities. He's going to probably find his confidence again. And then I, I assume Ajax will be like, all right, let's get this guy back on. And then maybe we can sell him for a profit. You know, they can move him back on again. He's still got a couple of years there where I think he could find some value. So, yeah, it's really interesting. I, I was pretty surprised, like anybody else, with this move. Because usually you don't go from the Premier League to the Eredivisie. But here we are, and and uh, and Ajax obviously is, is the one you're going to respect uh, a lot if you're gonna if you're gonna make a move back to the Eredivisie. That would be the team to do it. I mean, a Champions League uh, team, you know. So you know, it's it's not a bad move for him. By the way, shout out to Haller's overkick goal, over uh, bicycle kick against Crystal Palace a few weeks. I mean, we got to remember that one. That was such a beauty. I was um I was just thinking that uh, as Jimmy was saying that 
that I can't think of a more old-fashioned West Ham transfer move than Alair scoring loads of goals over the next two, three seasons in an Ajax shirt and them going, oh, he looks good. <laughs> did we used to have him? I think we did. Yeah, we'll that's, that's funny. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break, but when we return, uh, we're going to hit the rest of Europe, including some real tasty matches in the Bundesliga. Stay right here. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back, everybody, to Que Golasso, Jimmy Conrad, James Bench. We're going to hit the rest of Europe, but just a, an update, because this is the season in which we live right now. Uh, COVID cases and news of COVID cases coming as we speak. Uh, Burnley uh, just announcing a couple of cases uh, in their club. Uh, Sean Dyke saying, you know, we have a couple of cases. It could affect us over the next few days. They have MK Dons on Saturday and Manchester United on Tuesday. So put a big asterisk on both those matches, uh, James Bench, as they, as these continue and your piece I'm sure continues to be updated. Oh God, literally the second I get off here, I'm going straight back onto that, aren't I? (laughs) So we just have to make sure that we remember those, by the way, as you listen to this, all these things that are coming into play. All right, let's talk about the Bundesliga, Jimmy Conrad, some big games in Germany to look ahead to, yeah, there's two massive ones. Borussia Mönchengladbach, who qualified for their first knockout rounds in the Champions League, first time in their history, taking on Bayern Munich. That one is going to be very tasty. I'll get into the lines there really quick. And then RB Leipzig versus Borussia Dortmund. I mean, these are just two fantastic, tasty matchups over in Germany. Uh, we'll go back to BM versus BM here. Mönchengladbach hosting Bayern Munich. Uh, Gladbach actually at home, plus 400 to win this one. The draw is plus 360, minus 175. If you're going to bet with Bayern Munich. Now, there are three certainties in life, fellas, and that's uh, death, Texas, and uh, not Texas. I don't know why I said it like that. But yeah, I guess Texas as well. Death, taxes, and never betting against Bayern Munich. Anytime I've done that, I lose big. So I'm going to go with Bayern Munich as I always do. Uh, last week's clean sheet for Borussia Mönchengladbach against Armenia Bielefeld was their first clean sheet since October. They give up a lot of goals. Marcus Taram is out. He got uh, caught spitting on somebody. So that's awesome for him. Uh, Gladbach also have spurned a league high 16 points so far, which is pretty incredible because they spurned a lot of points in the Champions League as well. So there's something about that team. Um, Marco Rose, we, we, we all appreciate him as a manager, but there's something about that mentality of closing out games that they're lacking. Uh, Joshua Kimmich is fully fit. One of the best midfielders in the world. Alfonso Davies is fully fit. So Bayern Munich is really rounding into form, which is sounds about right for them. They're going to peak right when the Champions League gets going again. Uh, and so that'll be nice. But Bayern have given up. This is crazy. Uh, the first goal in eight consecutive games. So I found this. 
if you think Bayern's going to come from behind and win, it's plus 525. And they've done that in five, you know, eight consecutive. Well, I guess they had a couple come from behind draws, but I think they're going to get the win here three to one. I like Lewandowski to score, Bayern to win, both teams to score plus 200. Uh, Briel and Bolo scored uh, his third goal, the game winner last week for, for uh, Mönchengladbach. He's very good. He's playing a little bit better than Alassane Playa, who should come back into the team since Taram is out. So there's a lot of attacking options. Both teams are good, but Bayern's going to do what they do. That's win games. They'll probably give up a goal because they're a little bit vulnerable in the back, but Lewandowski is going to score too. It's just, it's just written in the stars. That's what happens. So that's kind of how I feel about that game. So I don't know how you guys are feeling about it. Well, I mean, I don't know what James Bench thinks, but not much to add for me. Bayern Munich is just Bayern Munich. They're just going to keep continuing to do their thing. I don't see anything else other than uh, a win here for Bayern. Uh, you know, they could be down 2 nothing at halftime, and then suddenly they can just wake up and destroy people. I imagine you think similarly, James Bench. Well, no, of course <laughs> it is. Um, the only one thing I would caveat that with is if you're looking for a vulnerability in this Bayern Munich team, it's definitely that right back spot. Um, I don't think Benjamin Pavard, he might not even start. He's been that out of form. So you have Nicholas Sula at right back, who I admire as a mountain of a man and would never <laughs> question to his face. But um, he's someone that, you know, a, a direct pacey forward like player or maybe Mbolo if he's played a bit out of position could have some joy again. So yeah, as you say, that, that, that's probably how Gladbach score the first goal before Bayern score five. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> okay, well then the other game, RB Leipzig versus Borussia Dortmund. Uh, it's really a cracking affair. I think you got good value in every single bet that you like it. Plus 150 for Leipzig to win at home, plus 240 for the draw, plus 180 for Dortmund to win. I think there's great value, as I said. The last meeting here though, back in June, Dortmund won 2-0. Erling Holland scored both of those goals. And now Erling Holland is back in the team, even though they have a new caretaker manager. When he's in, they do well. They're coming off of back-to-back 2-0 wins. Though they played Wolfsburg last weekend, and I thought they gave up a ton of chances. And if they gave up those same type of chances to to RB Leipzig, who can hurt you in a lot of different ways, those are going to be goals. So I like a draw on this one. I I think both teams are going to score. I think this has 2-2 written all over it. Um, So draw both teams to score is plus 290. Uh, and I like Holland to score first. He likes to really put a stamp on the game early. Plus 320, I think, is really good value. So that's kind of where I'm leaning on those to give you guys some of the exotics as they were. All right. Any thoughts on that one, uh, James Bench? As Borussia Dortmund uh, continues its path with, with their interim manager? Um, keep an eye on Jaden Sancho. Looks like he's rounding back into a bit of form. Two goals in two games. His first Bundesliga goal of the season, I think. He, other, other goals have come in the, the cup competitions. Um if he and Haaland click in the second half of this season, then, you know, watch out Champions League. This yeah. Dortmund team has still got a lot of quality. Yep, a very good point. Some good momentum there for uh, Jaden Sancho and, of course, Borussia Dortmund. All right, let's do a quick whip around, uh, Jimmy Conrad. Some good games in Italy as well and possibly in La Liga. Yeah, I'll start with Juventus versus Sassuolo. I don't really have any specific lines. Juve's the heavy favorite. Sassuolo's a little up and down after a great start to the season. They really struggle against the bigger teams. Juve's at home, and obviously Juve's coming off that big 3-1 win over AC Milan, where I actually thought Andrea Pirlo out-tacticked somebody for the first time this season and got the better of Stefano Pioli, who has been very good as a manager for Milan over the last you know six to eight months. So that was a big thing. I think it's just going to give them a ton of confidence. I don't think Sassuolo has any chance. So let's talk about Roma versus Inter. I'm wearing the Roma kit right now. I love the Roma, the Roma kits in particular. They're my favorite Serie A team. 
they coming off a big win, uh, scored three goals early against Crotone and just kind of packed it in and did what they had to do to win 3-1. They're only four points off the top of the table. They're right there. They're within striking distance. So a big win against Inter Milan, who surprisingly lost to Sampdoria 2-1 this past weekend. They were somewhat in control of that game. Alexis Sanchez, I don't know. He stepped up to take the penalty. What I mean, Benj, Luis, you going to put your whole season on Alexis Sanchez taking a penalty? Like, give it to somebody else. You know, you got so many other players on entry. Like, sure, Alexis Sanchez, you've been killing it the last few years. Why don't you step up and take it? And, of course, he missed. <laughs> Ashley Young actually followed up. He hit the crossbar. You know, and I feel like that really shifted the game. Had Inter scored that, Romelu Lukaku didn't start. He was rested for this. But he did come on late. Uh, maybe he probably would have taken it if he started. But, but. That changed it. Then Sampdoria got a penalty. They scored it, and their confidence just went the other way. They scored another one to make it 2-0. Inter couldn't get back into the game. This is a must-win game for both teams. I'll be honest. Obviously, Inter has nothing left to play for. They're out of the Champions League, Europa League, all that stuff. This is They have to win this game. But Roma, actually, fun fact for you guys, are, uh, have, are unbeaten in nine out of their last ten against Inter. Like They just got Inter's number. Now, seven of those are draws, but... But I don't know. I could see another draw here. Uh, both teams to score plus 265 is what I'm looking at. Lukaku, he does show up. Him scoring any time plus 115 is tremendous value for him. Uh, so, so I would look at those types of things. I think Roma are going to be tough to beat. They have been very good this season. I think they can see it the same way Inter can. Like if we can just win this game, we're that much closer to at least being a real contender. But if, if they drop points, even with a draw, I think that hurts both of them. So we'll see. I, I don't know if they're going to be conservative or aggressive. I, I lean more towards conservative. I could see a 1-1-2-2 one, one, two, two here. Well, the same thought can be done for Roma, right? It's such a tight matchup in the standings. They win this. They're even on points with Inter Milan. Obviously, Inter have a better goal differential, but it's super tight in Italy. James Benj, any thoughts from those games? Uh, Serie A looks really exciting, actually. Yeah, it looks really exciting. I, I, I'm going to keep an eye on uh, Milan against Torino because I don't think anyone's quite buying yet that this AC Milan team could be a real title challenger just because it's so many young players coalescing around Ibra. Um, and this is the sort of game, you know, this is a sort of moment where we see whether a team is real because I know Torino aren't very good, but then, you know, teams that scrap at the bottom of the table, they're often really tough to go to at this time of the year. And um, I think if Milan can kind of respond to that, that defeat against Juventus where they weren't bad, if they can respond to that in the right fashion, then I think we're looking at a, a serious contender. And, you know, that would be the ideal circumstances for Milan. Inter and Roma take points off each other and, and they get back to winning ways. Yeah, very good point, especially since that was the first uh, defeat for AC Milan in the league. So it would be interesting to see how, from a mental perspective, how they pick themselves up, up albeit against a weak Torino. All right, Spain, Jimmy Conrad, anything there? There's possibly some good games. Yeah, there is. I mean, let's just talk about the top of the table. Atletico Madrid uh, have only played 15, but they're on top of 38 points. Madrid are second. They played 17 games. They're on 36 points. And then Barcelona with their win um, this this at the San Mamis, which is not an easy place to play against Athletic Bilbao, did the business yesterday to win 3-2. to two. Uh, Nice performance from them. Uh, they're now in third. So now we have the, the, the three that we always expect in the top three. They're on 31 points. So they have some work to do. And obviously, Atleti with two games at hand on both of those guys are, are in a good spot. Atleti is who I want to focus on, though, because they lost yesterday to a third division side in the Copa del Rey. Uh, away from home, 1-0. to zero. Obviously, not a great performance. Atleti supporters, obviously, very upset. You know, anytime you get knocked out of a chance where you have a win a trophy, you're going to be upset. I think it's okay. It's one of those, as an Atleti supporter, I know we're talking about teams I like I like in different countries around the world, but but 
if you're going to get knocked out of a competition, a cup competition, you'd rather it be done early. Otherwise, you're just like slogging through these Wednesday games. You're trying to like mix and match your teams. Now you're like, you know what? We're out of this one. And we can just focus squarely on the league. This is their league to lose in a lot of different ways. They're in a good position halfway through the season. Things are looking, uh, well, a little bit less than halfway, but they're close. And, and they're in control. And so I like them uh, to, to play Athletic, who just hired a new manager, who just lost to, to Barcelona 3-2. to We're still trying to figure out their best 11 under this guy, Marcelino, who I like. But I think Atleti's going to do what they do. They're going to win 1-0. I like that exact scoreline, plus 325. That's the Diego Simeone special, winning 1-0 at home, which they've done four out of the last five times they played against Athletic uh, at the Wanda. Love it. I love it. And listen, by the way, especially for a Champions League side, you, you kind of don't care if you if you get out of a cup competition, because especially Atleti, they're trying to win La Liga and, of course, continue their run in the Champions uh, League. All right, James Bench, Barcelona, all of a sudden. Seven match, uh, seven un, seven matches unbeaten. Uh, I thought it was Messi's best performance actually, in a, in a while. He was great against Athletic Bilbao, uh, as Jimmy mentioned. Their third, uh, five points uh, behind uh, Real Madrid, uh, but obviously a lot to do to catch up to Atletico. They have two games in hand. How's it looking in La Liga for you? I have no interest whatsoever in Barcelona. In, in football, <laughs> they're a, they're a good night. <laughs> <laughs> they're a clown car. They're, they're just really bad at football. For uh, you, they, you know, and Messi will pay. They've got back to the stage where at least now Messi can paper over some cracks to them. For them, congratulations. You're still not a very good football team. Um, <laughs> the one that catches my eye is um, severe against Sociedad. Sociedad mm. is sort of sliding a lot, um, really quite fast. Three defeats in a row. Sevilla are heading in the opposite direction. Um, maybe about to have Isco quite soon from what I'm hearing. Um, so that should be a really fun, interesting game. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Barcelona fans. I'm sure realizing that, you know, what our audience is, I'm sure I've alienated a lot of it with that, but you're no longer welcome on the show bench, but it's okay. Keep uh, going. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, We're just giving you our I'm time. so much more interested in, in post Messi Barcelona right now than this horrible. That's fair. That's fair horrible way of ruining the end of the greatest the career of the greatest footballer of my lifetime yeah no it's a very good point it's a very good point and listen like even though they're on this uh unbeaten run it's still not enough right now anyways uh and uh we haven't talked about uh real madrid who i believe face uh osasuna is that right that's right away to osasuna right so the you know the race in la liga as well is pretty tied with as jimmy mentioned uh the three usual suspects. All right, so that's pretty much it. But I want to end it with any final thoughts from James Manger, Jimmy Conrad. Jimmy, let's begin with you. Anything uh, you want to just quickly conclude with as we look ahead to the weekend? No, just be smart and safe out there. I feel like I'm going to be a dad moment, put my dad hat on and just, you know, obviously things are popping off in a lot of different ways, no matter where you will live around the world and just just uh, be thoughtful and, and uh, take care of each other. I think uh, positivity hopefully will win out. So... That's it. Absolutely. That's all I got. Thanks for having me. No, no, that's, that's <laughs> and watch good. the Bundesliga. The Bundesliga is going to be cracking this weekend. <laughs> that's good words. James Bench, anything from you? Yeah, sorry, I do. I know Jimmy's desperate to get away, but I have a question for him. I'm really interested to get a both an ex-pro and a betting expert's take on this Kieran Trippier thing. I'll try and keep it quick. but basically, Yeah, sure. When he was joining Atleti, uh, he advised some of his friends to, quote, lump on, uh, i.e. bet, on his move. Um, now banned for like three months. I mean, they, you, I imagine so when you were moving, you didn't just sort of 
you know, you didn't come home and tell the family, yeah, we've got to pack up and go. So what's the balance here? So, yeah, that's an interesting one. I mean, obviously the intent to try to make money off something that he knew insider information is not a good look. I think they're probably trying to set a precedent so that it doesn't happen again. I think, I think one of his buddies only won like 18 pounds or something, which is really funny <laughs> that he's getting suspended for three months because his buddy won 20 bucks. But, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, I guess it's more of a precedent and trying to make sure that that gets kind of squ squashed right at the beginning, as opposed to seeing more players do that as more of this gets you know, uh, passed around and more, there's more rumors and all that stuff happening. There's more lines on people moving to different teams. I don't think that really existed when I was playing. I think that dates me a bit, but yeah, I mean, it's one of those things you definitely are going to, if you're about to make a move, it makes sense. You're going to talk to your people you trust the most, which means a couple buddies means your family means and that, that those whispers can get out there. And if there are lines out there for player move, movement, they should just, if there's another way to handle this, which is just get rid of odds that have player moving to different teams. I mean, there's two ways to handle this. And I think they could probably have a, a conversation about that as well with all the bookies to saying, Hey, listen, this is not a good look for the game. There's just too much insider information and, you know, let's just kind of move it along from there. But also, you know, he should be smarter about that. And I think they're trying to send a message. I just think it's absolutely hilarious that this is all because of a round of Stellas. Like, that's literally 20 quid. Like, that, <laughs> that's it. Like, it could have been so much worse that it was just like 18 pounds. Absolutely hilarious. <laughs> well, what do you think, James? Uh, three months is a lot, but I guess it, there's a good point. You know, it's got to set a precedent. Yeah, I mean, I, I really agree with Jimmy that I just, I, I find that betting on transfers and, you know, we, we are all excited by transfers. But it's not, it's not what the game should be about. People don't, you know, largely bookies are putting out these transfer odds to kind of make money off people that don't know. But it, it is open to, to much more easy manipulation than, than in-game odds are. Um, I mean, like you, I find it hilarious just to go through Kieran Trippier's WhatsApp group names and realise that every man in the United Kingdom is a member of a WhatsApp group called Pint. <laughs> uh, um, yeah it just three months for that that just seems like the, the punishment doesn't fit the crime when we see some of the other um when we see what you know what people are being punished for breaking covid regulations it really annoys me that trippier is now kind of banned for crucial parts of the season yeah it's just gonna, yeah go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no i was go just ahead. gonna say uh, benj brought up the fact that i was in a hurry to get out of here. And it's only because I was cashing my ticket because I had some insider information that Sebastian Aller was going to Ajax and I just made five grand. So I'm out of here, everybody. A little bit more than the 20 quid, but uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, that, that's that's worth it, I think. That's <laughs> worth it. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for uh, James Banks. Thank you so much, buddy. My pleasure. Jimmy Conrad, thank you as always. Thank you. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and James Bench for joining me today. Don't forget to listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Watch us on YouTube. Leave a rating and review wherever possible. And follow us on Twitter on Kegolasso Pod. Have a great, great weekend. And just like Jimmy said, stay safe.